Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you. Have you enjoyed being together so far today? Come on. It's been good to be with the Lord. It's good to get with you guys and be with you. How many of you know that God is still working on us? Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars, but he's still working on you and me, right? And uh, one of the ways that God works on us, and I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but it's through fire. Come on, can you smile at me through your mask out there? It's through fire. We're in a series right now entitled Forged in Fire, and it comes from a kind of a hit show, I guess. I, I didn't hear anything about it until my son told me about it. It's on the History Channel. It's about these blacksmiths. They, they get these world-class blacksmith people together, and they forge these weapons. And I felt when I was watching it, the Lord inspired my heart and uh, gave me some thoughts, and I, I felt like some downloaded information. And I just, uh, so I been started it last week, and I want to continue it today. Last week we talked about how we are forged in fiery trials. No, nobody wants to go through a fiery trial, but we go through fiery trials because of the attacks of Satan, because of the consequences of our own actions, because we live in a broken and fallen world, and so we go through trials. And and here's the beautiful thing about that is that I love it when God delivers me from a trial. But you need to understand that if he doesn't deliver you from it, he will deliver you through it. And while I'm in the fire, there's a greater work that God is working that something that needs to take place in me that I don't see, and it's maybe a way that God does make it happen in our lives. I, I love the story of Job because Job is about a fiery trial. It's really a book on spiritual warfare is really what it is. And he went through an attack of Satan, and, uh, but, there was a, but there was a work in that process that God was doing. And Job got in such a place of despair in his life that he said, I, I tried to find God in the midst of this, this trial that I was in. I went behind me, I went forward, I went to my right, I went to my left, and I couldn't find him. I, he was nowhere to be found. But then Job said, I couldn't find him, but he knows where I'm at. And when I have come forth, when he has tried me or when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. And so Job understood that there was a greater work that God was working, and he went through a fiery trial, but praise the Lord, God gave him double for his trouble. Amen. And if you read the end of the book, that's exactly what happened to him, and that's that's, that's what's happening to you. Turn to somebody and tell them, God's going to give you double for your trouble. Go ahead and tell them that. So anyway, that, that was last week. Today I want to talk about going, uh, being forged in the fire of God's Word. So this is another kind of fire that is essential in our life. And I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture. The first one, and I, we're, actually going to be in, we're actually going to be in the book of Jeremiah all morning today. So let's, if you have your Bibles, you may want to, you know, open it up there or, or bring it up there. But I want to begin by reading Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. This is Jeremiah talking. He said, I said, I will not make mention of him, that is the Lord, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back. I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't not 
say what God says. I couldn't do it. It was a fire in me. So that's what Jeremiah said. If you flip over a couple of chapters to chapter 23, this is God speaking to and through Jeremiah. And the Lord says in verse 28, he said, the prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has a word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord? Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Now look at that verse 29, if you would, for a minute. Imagine the, the essence of what he's saying there. Is not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks the rock? Imagine, if you will, a blacksmith pulling with his tongs a rod of iron out of a furnace. Is not my word like a fire, and it comes out, and it's glowing red hot, and like a hammer that beats it into shape. God said through Jeremiah, that's what my word's like. That's, that's a picture of my word. And so I want to talk about the fire of God's word. So let's just pray. Father, thank you for your presence here today. We honor you, Holy Spirit, for coming to us and speaking already to us, calling us to attention, giving us hope, building us up in our faith to trust you, to believe in you. And I pray, Lord, in these next few moments that you would quicken our mortal bodies, Lord. Open our ears to hear. Anoint my lips to speak. God, bring sight to our eyes to see what you see. We pray for a quickening in these next few moments as we come before your word. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Amen. Well, Reinhard Bonnke was a, it's a funny name, Bonnke. Mosslanders know better, but <laughs> Reinhard Bonnke said, he was an evangelist, a German evangelist. He said, fire is the divine logo. In other words, if there was a logo that best represents God, it would be fire. And when you read the Bible, you, you, you can see why he would say something like that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29 says that our God is a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. And you see God manifest in, throughout all of the Scripture, from the old and into the new. The presence of God was manifest in a fire that, of a burning bush that wasn't destroyed. Moses encountered God there. And it tells us in Numbers chapter 9 that there was a fiery glory cloud that hovered over the tabernacle in the wilderness. Then we also learn from God's word that fire, when Ezekiel saw the Lord, he said, I saw him as a, a raging flame. That's how God manifest himself in my face before me. God showed up in a fiery form. All the way into the New Testament, John said, when I saw the Lord, I saw his eyes burning like fire. It was like he was seeing right through me. And all through the Scripture, the Bible makes it clear that our God is a consuming fire. In fact, the Bible says 
that fire goes before him. Here's a little tidbit that you might want to remember that before you ever see his face, you're going to feel his fire. We also know that God manifests himself in answer of prayer to fire. In fact, fire is also a symbol or an emblem of God's judgment and God's justice. The first and the last mention in the Bible of fire have to do with fire and brimstone. First, it was on the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis chapter 19. And then in Revelation 21, the Bible says, And all those who rejected Christ, who chose to go their own way, were thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone forever. So our God is a consuming fire. And right here, we see that not only is he a consuming fire, but his word is a fire. Right here. Is not my word a fire, right? So his word is a fire. And this is really important because God was speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was a prophet of God in Israel for over 40 years. And as he was speaking forth the word of God in his generation, he was, God was downloading information to him all the time. God was telling him what was going to happen before it ever happened. In fact, he prophesied for years before he ever saw his, the words that God spoke to him come to pass. Years. We're not talking days. I can't handle days. But I'm talking years. He would, he, he, he would speak to a culture that was drifting further and further away from God, cautioning them, I guess if you want to call it, warning them, calling them to repentance because they were so filled with idolatry and so filled with their own ways that they were drifting further and further from God. And this man of God, this prophet of God, who's who's the word burning on the inside of him was prophesying and nothing was happening. And we call him the weeping prophet. And here's why. Because he was so sorrowful for the, what, what looked like and felt like God forsaking the words that he was giving him. And the ridicule and the disgrace that they were heaping upon him as this prophet of God. Well, where's the promise? Where's the truth? Where's the follow-through? If you're hearing from God, and if you've got God's word, then why isn't it happening yet? And, and no wonder the man cried. He's weeping. And then on top of it, you have other people, so-called prophets of the same time, that they were saying they were hearing from God. They said that God was saying certain things, and in, and in fact, they were saying what they wanted to say, and they were saying what they thought the people really wanted to hear. But I want to tell you something. If it isn't from God, it doesn't matter. I don't care what the people want to hear, what the culture wants to hear. We've got to hear what God says. Amen. And so this was the time, this was the age, this was the situation in which Jeremiah spoke. This man filled with the fire of God's word. And I, want to, I just want to say, just as it was in the days of Jeremiah, we live in a similar generation and a similar time where there are many of the people of our culture that want to turn from the truth of God's word and they are more about the tradition of men or their own traditions than they are about the truth of what God's word says. Jesus said, these people draw near to me with their mouth, but their hearts are far from me. They would rather follow the traditions of their fathers than the actual word of God. And that's, that's what we're dealing with right now. We live in a very 
biblically illiterate time and society, and this isn't just on the outside of the church walls. Can I get a good amen out there? It's in-house too. Amen. And there are people that clearly disobey God's very clear instructions, and there are others that desire a softer, cooler, more acceptable word to, to our feelings and to our, our lifestyle. Paul said in the last days, people will not endure sound doctrine. They won't endure it. No matter how true, how sound, how right, how God it is, they won't put up with it. And, he, and here's what he said. They will heap to themselves people who will scratch the itch in their ear. In other words, they will gather, they will listen only to people that say what they like to hear. That's what the false prophets were of Jeremiah's time. They were saying, when, when Jeremiah was saying, God says, we're going to be carried away into captivity for 70 years, and the false prophets came and said, no, no, it's only going to be two and a half years. Don't believe that guy. He's harsh. He's indifferent. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about your emotions. We care about you. Well, it wasn't God. It wasn't the Word of God. Amen. Are we doing okay out there? Rather than God scratching our itching ear, He wants to start a fire in us. And the way He starts that fire, and I want to tell you something. Let me just pause for station identification. Let me just pause and say right now, I don't want always the fires that you get when you go through trials. I don't want to learn the hard way. I want the fire of an igniting, a, a, a fire that started in my soul. And one of the clear ways that that happens is through the Word of God. I want the fire of God's Word to touch my soul. Don't you? Come on, don't you as well? So this is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this idea of Jeremiah's experience and how we also can get fired up in the Word of God. And so to be forged in the fire of God's Word, what I have to share with you is so simple today. It's so super simple, but it is so red hot fiery. Amen. And it needs and it needs to be heard and it needs to be received afresh and anew. To be forged in the fire of God's word, number one, we need to read the word of God every single day of our lives. Read it daily. Amen. Now, I know at the beginning of the year of 2021, there's, there's got to be at least three or four people in the room that thought, you know what, I'm going to start reading God's Word every day, and here 24 days later, you barely made it about six or seven days. There's got to be somebody in the room that that's true of. But I want you to know that just like the mercies of God are new every morning, that mercy is available to all of us, and if I haven't been following through from, since from the first day of the year, I can start today and start reading every day. Amen. If I want a fire, and if I want the fire of God's Word to get on the inside of me, I need to read it. I need to crack the book. Are you with me out there? So let me just read to you Jeremiah chapter 15, verses 16 and 17. Jeremiah said, your words were found. Everybody say found. 
Your words were found. Did you know it was Jeremiah's father that found the Bible or the book or the scriptures that were buried underneath all the rubble in the temple that for decades had not been read, preached, sought after, lived by? So when Jeremiah says, your words were found, he's talking literally. We discovered your word. It was lost on us. We kind of set it to the side. We packed in so many other things in our life that the word got shoved to the back burner and we didn't even know who we were. We didn't even remember what we were about. We didn't have anything to go by about the greatness of God because the word wasn't there, but your words were found. And he said, I ate them. Everybody say ate. I ate them. And your word. Listen, and this is what happens. When you find God's word and when you start eating it, here's what it says. And they were to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. Now look at, he said, I did not sit in the assembly of the mockers. In other words, when your word got in me, it shifted my whole frame of reference. It shifted my whole life. What I used to think was wrong and, and wasn't right, I know is right. And what I used to think was right, I know now discover through your word it was wrong. And I didn't sit there anymore. I didn't, but, but look at what he says. He said, I sat alone. In other words, I got alone with you. I got alone with your word, and your word got in me. And he said, and because of your hand upon my life, I have been filled with indignation. You know what Jeremiah is saying there? He's saying, when, you, when I got into your word, your word got into me. And I started to feel what you feel. And I started to proclaim what you were telling me. And I started to understand things that I didn't understand before. And it moved me emotionally. And it moved me in my priorities in my life. Listen, this kind of fire doesn't happen if I don't crack the book. If I don't open it up, if I don't avail myself to it, if you want the fire of God's word in you, then every single day of our life, we've got to find it. In other words, let me say it like this. We need to find time for it. Woo, come on now. We need to make time for it. Well, I'm so busy, Tim, you don't even know. I've got so many things going on in my life. Listen, if you've got too many irons in the fire, that's on you. That ain't on God. Well, I don't have time for the word of God. Here's what Jesus said. Are we having fun yet? Here's what Jesus said. He said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart goes. Your heart follows what you treasure. If you don't have time, you've made other things more a treasure, and that's where your heart is. People say all the time, oh, well, it's in my heart to read the Bible. No, it's not. Because you haven't put it there. You haven't treasured it. Your heart will be where you treasure. If you treasure the Word of God, then you're going to make time for it. Come on. If you treasure the Word of God, if you make that your treasure in your life, and you know I'm not, I can't live my life, I can't make my way through the day, without God's word in my life. And I know a lot of times we yawn our way through it, but it's better to yawn your way through it than to ignore it altogether. Amen. I'm really not mad. I'm just super excited today. We need to make time for it. We need to eat it. Jesus said... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know why that statement is so important? Because the devil came to him 
in a time of great temptation. And he said, oh, you're hungry? You want something? Then you, because of who you are, you can turn those stones into bread and eat them. That was like the devil tempting him. You don't like where you're at? You don't like the situation? Well, you just, you just live how you want to live. You do what you think's right. And you turn the, those, that stone into bread. And, and Jesus said, he knew what the devil was up to right there. And he said, hey, listen, it's written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It isn't what I think is right, and I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to live my life by the word of God. And see, that you, your soul gets fed when you give yourself. When we give ourselves to the Word of God, then we're eating it, we're consuming it, and our whole life will change, and we will know the lie when it shows up. We need to feed on it. We need to be faithful to it. Find time for it. Feed on it. Be faithful to it. You know, there are a lot of benefits to the Word of God. But one of the things, remember what the Scripture said, our God is a consuming fire, Right? He's a consuming fire. Well, when the fire of God gets in us, there's a consuming, but we're not burned or we're not destroyed. But there's a burning in us. Something happens. Remember the guys on the Emmaus Road when they were walking with Jesus and they didn't even know it. They were walking with the Lord. And after he left, they said, after they had been talking about and Jesus opened up the scriptures to them. He, op- he opened up the word to them. Amen. And he began to tell them things. And when he went away, they said to themselves, did not our hearts burn within us when he was talking with us along the way? If you want a burning, fiery word in your heart, get with the Lord and he will consume you. He will come into your life and he will consume you and alter everything about your life to the point where Things, as I said, that you thought were right but really were wrong, after you get in, that fire gets on the inside of you, you begin to adjust your life to what God says. That's consuming you. It's getting in you. Amen. Come on out there. Amen. Which brings me then to the second idea. Read it daily. If you want a fire in your heart, read it daily. I told you this is simple. You ready for it? Number two, obey it fully. Obey it. If it's worth reading, it's worth living. Amen. Obey the Word of God. Now, I have up there Jeremiah 36. Please don't turn there now. But I would encourage you before the day's over or the week's over to go there and read it because it's a really cool passage. Because there came a point when things were heating up and things were actually were winding down and God was getting ready to fulfill all of the prophecies that he had spoken through Jeremiah. He went to Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get somebody to take note and I want you to have the words that I've given to you written out in written form. And then I want you to go and I want you to read them in the house of the Lord. And so Jeremiah wrote out all of the words that God had given to him. And then he had his secretary take it to the house of the Lord and he read it out for everyone to hear. It's kind of comical if you read it a little bit. As he was reading it, the priests and the spiritual people that were there at the time, they kind of got fearful of some of the things that were said. 
And they asked the secretary who was reading it, they said, uh, Baruch, Baruch, I think was his name. They said, where did you get this word? He said, from Jeremiah. And they said, oh, okay. All right. And then they said, well, we'll take it to the king and read it to the king. But they said, you might want to go hide. And uh, that's not, how many of you know that's not a good day? So they take it to the king. They read it in the king's presence. The Bible said, this, it's in the book. It's right there in chapter 36. They got three or four columns in. King got up, took a scribe's knife, walked over to the written word, and shredded it and threw it in the fire. And the Bible said none of the king's men shuddered. Nobody was upset. Nobody was renting their clothes. The spiritual guys that brought it, they were like, oh, you know, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Even though they didn't necessarily like Jeremiah, they were like, ah, you know, I don't know if I would do that. But the king and all of his entourage, nobody was stirred. They just, they, they heard the word. They heard it. They heard what God was saying. But they just shredded it up. He just, he just tore it into pieces and then he threw it on the fire. Listen, when God brings His Word to us, and He opens His Word to us to neglect it, to reject it, to refuse it, to fail to applicate it, is nothing short of taking a knife and shredding it in pieces and burning it on the fire. Come on. That's exactly what's going on. James says, why would you hear the word of God and then not go out and do it? Jesus said, if you call me Lord, Lord, then do what I'm telling you to do. Stop making excuses for why it doesn't fit your life, why you won't do it. That's just, that is just like taking it, a knife to it and shredding it into pieces. It's interesting to me that what was a fire in his soul was nothing more than kindling for a fire of their own rejection. And by the way, let me just add this. The rest of the story goes on. When they learned that the Scriptures had been destroyed and burned, the Lord turned right around and went back to Jeremiah and said, write it again. Listen, you can reject it, but it ain't going anywhere. It's staying. It's here to stay. And it doesn't matter how you and I approach it and how you and I feel about it and, and our attitude toward it. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but not God's word. And so, he, listen, God's got all the time in the world, but you don't. And it would be good now to stop shredding it up and throwing it on your fire because it doesn't fit or you don't like it. And yield to God's word and make application of God's word and obey God's word and follow through with what God says. Amen. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, he says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. And that word doctrine literally means it's profitable for teaching. In other words, it's, it profits you to learn its lessons. There's lessons in the word of God. When I read the Bible, listen, I am in that Bible. I'm in there. I'm, I'm sometimes I'm Abraham. Sometimes I'm Sarah. I'm, sometimes I'm laughing at God's promises. Sometimes I'm wavering not at God's promises. Sometimes I'm David on his worst days. Sometimes I'm Peter 
Oh, come on now. I'm not the only one. Amen. I don't know if you know this, you're in the book. God, God all, of the, all of this was written, Paul said, for our admonition as an example for us so that we would know how to live in this kingdom age. So Paul says, all scripture is given, it's profitable for doctrine. In other words, there's lessons in there for us. You know, they say that history repeats itself, and that's part of the problem. We don't learn from the history, but, but, but his story is getting in us through his word. And he wants to change our lives and transform us. So he gives us this written form so that we understand what's really in his heart. And we can learn the lessons. Can you, do you know that we, we can learn things? You know that, don't you? Come on. We need to learn the lessons. I don't, we don't need to learn everything the hard way. <laughs> Amen. We need to listen to the corrections. So here's what he said, bringing that scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, this is where you say, ouch. <laughs> For instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God or the child of God may be complete, thoroughly. How many of you want to be thoroughly equipped? Not just equipped, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Well, that word correction. We need to listen for the corrections. You know why? Because we're all just a little bit off. I know you think you know it all, but you don't. And I know you, we, we tend to think we're all of that in a bag of chips, but we're not. You know what I mean? Our bag is busted. Our chips are stale. Things aren't always as we want ourselves to believe. Now, I want to say this. <laughs> you know, it's hard to talk like this because you are a child of God in a son or daughter of God, and you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But not everything about your life and everything about your thoughts and your attitude and your choices are of God. And that's where correction has to come in. John said, I ate the book. It tasted really sweet, but after a while it gave me a tummy ache. Why? Because when the word gets on the inside of you, it starts doing stuff. Now, it tastes sweet. You might be sitting here, oh, I really like this message. I really like this message. Well, maybe later on you might want Tums. <laughs> because there's things. There's things that God's going to confront, that we got to be corrected. And God, can I just say it this way? God means what he says. And he says what he means. It's really not hard. Like Daniel was saying here, Going, find, getting into the secret place of God is not that difficult. It's, it's getting alone with God and getting your eyes on the Lord Jesus and just getting into God's presence and knowing that, as Julie said earlier, he's thinking about you all the time. He's thought way more of you than you have of him. 
and just going there and just, you know, and just being in God's presence. But it's not really that hard either when it comes to the word of God, because like the false prophets of Jeremiah's day, we want to say, oh, no, you know, God doesn't mean that. He means this. Jeremiah's like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He means 70 years. He means you people are idolatrous. You've not been good. And he loves you so much, and he's true to his covenant, that he's going to do whatever he has to do. So when God says something in his word, he means what he says. And if he said it, he means it, right? And so, he, you know, this is why Paul would write to Christians and say, now, those of you who are stealing, stop it. Let him who stole steal no more. You're a Christian now. Stop stealing time of your employer. Stop stealing your government of their taxes. I know we pay way too much taxes. I'm on your side. But it is the way it is. Amen. Stop gossiping. Hey, here's one. Love your neighbor. Well, you don't know my neighbor. God does. Amen. Who's my neighbor? Everybody. Love your neighbor. Right? Flee sexual immorality. Don't excuse your way out of it. God means what he says, and he says what he means. If I resist and reject and downplay the word of God as it relates to my personal life, I'm taking a knife to it, and I'm shredding it. But it comes right back. You can't do away with it. Amen. We're talking about fire. You want a fire in your bones? It comes from the Word of God. How do I get that on the inside of me? Read it, but obey it. Follow through with it. Amen. Live what it says. Receive the correction. It's profitable for reproof, for correction. Here's what Proverbs 12.1 says. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. That's in the Bible. When I was growing up, S was the, or stupid was the S word in our house. That's how, that's how holy we were. He's, he called me the S word. It was the word stoop. But God says, the person who hates correction is stupid. Why? Because Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17 says that the person who refuses correction goes astray. See, if I, if I am not correctable in God's word, I only get further away from the will of God for my life. I am straying. I'm on, I'm on the stray. I mean, I can come to church. I can sing the songs. I can, you know, I mean, that's all great. That's all good. But listen, God's after your heart. He's after, he's after the whole you, not just the part of you, not just the Sunday you, or not just, you know what I mean? He's after all of us. In fact, Jesus said it this way. If you try to find your own life, you're going to lose it. But if you'll lose your life for me, that's when you're going to really live. And part of that is responding and receiving the word of God. Well, enough said about that.
So if we want the fire of God's word to get on the inside of us, real simple, stoke the fire by reading it every day and then make the application of it and obey it. Do it. Do what it says because God means what he says. Amen? And, and we're, all, we're all in process, so no judging, no coming down, no condemning, no throwing people. We're all in process, but we need to be awakened to these things. And then the final thing that I want to say is that we need to declare it boldly. So read it daily, obey it fully, and then declare it boldly. So let's go back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 14. And this is, I love this verse. This is what God is saying to Jeremiah. He says, because you speak this word, because you're telling them what I'm telling you to tell them, behold, I will make my words in your mouth a fire. Man, I love that. At the moment you start telling them what I'm saying, uh, you say it, I spark it. (laughs) Basically, you proclaim it, and I'm going to fire it up. Hmm. How many of you would like that to happen? So, because you speak this word, behold, I will make my words in your mouth a fire, and this people would, and it shall devour them. Then, let's go back to chapter 20, verse 9. This is Jeremiah again talking. He said, then I said, I will not make mention of the Lord, nor am I going to speak in his name anymore. But his word was in my heart, like a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I tried to hold it back, but I couldn't do it. See, that's, that's where we want to get to. We want to get to that place in our life where, you know, in our weakest moments, in our most frustrated place, there's still a fire. You know, a fire of God that burns in us. And... We need that. But I love what the Lord said. He said, I'm going to speak through you, Jeremiah. You speak it, and I'm going to spark it. At the moment you start saying these things, as you say what I say, you proclaim what I've told you in secret, what I've told you in the secret place. Jesus said, whatever God tells you in the dark, proclaim it in the light. Speak it from the housetops. Why? Because the world needs to see and experience and feel the God who is a consuming fire because that's who he is. That's who he is. He's a consuming fire. But he's not a consuming fire to destroy people because it's not flesh and blood that we're coming against. But it's the fire of God's word spoken that devours every force of evil and every demon of hell that's holding people in bondage and people in brokenness. Amen. I was thinking when I was preparing this message of the two witnesses in the book of Revelation, chapter 11. Now, I believe prophetically that a lot of Revelation hasn't happened yet. And the two witnesses, I think, from my understanding of Scripture, they're going to be two literal, actual witnesses that will be on the earth during the Great Tribulation. But I also believe that that still kind of is a symbol or kind of a a picture for us of the church and how that we are witnesses of God. Just taking that idea back all the way back to when they sent two spies over into the promised land 
That's a, that, that was like two witnesses going over to kind of figure out what's going on over there, and they won a soul to, to the Lord. And then when Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them out by twos, two witnesses. Well, anyway, whoever that may be in the time to come, I think it's a picture of us. And one of the things it says about the two witnesses is that when they spoke, that word, the, the word of God became a fire that poured out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. And I think that that's a picture of what God wants to do in his people like he was doing through Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, when you speak, when you open your mouth, I'm going to set a flame to it. I'm going to set a flame to it. And that's what God is wanting to do today in our time and in our culture. He's wanting to raise up a Jeremiah generation that has the word on the inside of them. They found it. They ate it. They consumed it. And it consumed them. And they not only believed it, but they lived it. And they understood that what was in them wasn't just for them or about them, but for a world that was entrapped and ensnared in despair and hopelessness and brokenness. That that fire that was on the inside of them came out of their mouth and devoured the enemy, consumed the enemy, destroyed the enemy. Hallelujah. But sometimes we're like Jeremiah where we're like, oh, I said I would never make mention of him ever again. You know. And you know what? Here, here's some things. Let me just say this in closing. Here's some things that, some blockages to boldly declaring the word of God. Letting that fire come out of you. Fear of man. Fear of man. Some of us have a lot of fear of what people are going to say. You know, I, I, I would imagine Jeremiah, after being thrown into cisterns and into prisons and into jails and being kicked around and rejected and laughed at and mocked, I can imagine that there may have been at some point in his life like, what are they going to think now? You know, right? Are you with me out here? I'm, I'm talking my way down. I'm done spitting. The fear of man. But I love what the Lord said to Jeremiah. Chapter 1. Chapter 1, the Lord said to Jeremiah, I've called you. And Jeremiah's like, no, no, not me. I'm too young. I don't know what to say. Nobody's going to listen to me. And the Lord said, you don't tell me. You don't tell me. Don't you say that. If I've called you, then you're doing it. Right? And then the Lord said to him, and, and don't be afraid of their faces. I'll deliver you. Have you ever looked at somebody and knew by the way they were looking at you that they were displeased? <laughs> how many times have I ruined somebody's heart by my scowl? Like, how many times? He said, don't be afraid of their faces. He's talking about don't be afraid of man. Don't be afraid of how they look at you. Don't be afraid of what they think of you. Don't be afraid of how they, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't fear men. This is... This is what holds us back. Timothy was a, you know, I think he was overcome by some fear and Paul had to write him and say to him, Timothy, listen, you need to stir up that your faith. You need to stir up that gifting, that calling of God that is in you by the laying on of my hands and the word of prophecy given to you. For God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. Don't be afraid 
to stand your ground and to speak God's word. Amen. Proclaim it. Because the fire isn't just about you being fiery. It's about you being fiery. You know what I mean? Like coming out of your mouth to destroy not people, but the kingdom of darkness that's holding them captive. I would say another thing that blocks us from boldly declaring is just being frustrated of what we're not seeing. God said, oh yeah, where's it at? I don't know. I'm as frustrated as you are right now. And we get frustrated. That's a, I, I think that's one of the reasons why he said, I will not make mention. I'm not going to do this anymore. Frustration. God, where are you? How long? As I like to say all the time, Tom Petty got it right. Waiting is the hardest part. It is the hardest part. It's a, but here, can I give you a word? Can I give you a word? Psalm 119 verse 89 says, God's word is forever settled. Period. That's the truth. If God said it, if God gave it to you, if God's put it in you, it's a done deal. Praise God. And then the other thing, and this is the last, I promise I'm closing, um, is faithlessness. So fear of man, frustration, and even faithlessness. When he said, I will not make mention of you, I think he was saying in his own way, I wonder, you know, like his own doubts. Like, did I really hear God? Did I really, is God really speaking through me? Is God, is, is the fire of God's word on the inside of me? How many of you know we all doubt once in a while? We all have our doubts. Can I also say to you that we all prophesy in part? Like we don't get the full, we don't get the whole ball of wax at once. We don't get the whole enchilada at once, you know? We see things, and so sometimes we, when things don't measure out or come out in, in timing and in ways, we start to doubt a little bit. But I want to remind you that the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And the more I get into God's Word, and the more I respond to God's Word, and the more I read God's Word, and the more I obey God's Word, and the more I speak God's Word, faith rises in me. A fire burns in my heart and in my soul. And there's a, there's a fieriness about God on the inside of me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God over and over and over. Amen. Let's stand together. God is forging, I believe, He's forging us, the church, in these times through trials as always has been though, but through trials, but also in the fire of His Word. God's wanting to burn a fresh fire in every one of us, in the deepest parts of us. Can we just pray for a little firefall right now? Can we just do that? Lord, we just come to you in these closing moments right now, Lord, and we pray that fire would fall from heaven upon our hearts. Let that fire fall through your word, God. Not just what we've heard here this morning, but through the word that we're going to make ourselves available to and responsible to. 
and active in in our lives. God, I pray that you would raise up a Jeremiah kind of people who, though we may look like and sound like we're going against the flow, it's not to be an irritant to those around us, but to bring life to those around us. But we can't do this in our own energy and in our own strength. We need a fire, a combustible fire on the inside of us, God. We need your word to be lit in our soul. And I pray, Lord, that we would all come to a new place of going deeper into your word, that we find it, that we eat it, and that we allow it to shape and to mold our lives, God, that we walk in response to it, God, and that we never fear to speak it, God. I pray for holy boldness to come upon us, Lord, the kind of boldness, Lord, that lightens up a dark room, that expresses love in an atmosphere of hatred and rejection, a kind of boldness, God, that gives people hope in times of hopelessness. Oh God, do it in us, I pray. When we open up our mouth, God, set fire to the words, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody says amen. 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 All right, God bless you guys.